Hello and welcome to the JCBC Podcast. My name is Sean, and I'm so grateful that you found our podcast. Listen, the JCBC Podcast is a collection of several sermons that have been preached over the years at Johns Creek Baptist Church. I pray that as you find these sermons and you listen to them, they would meet you where you are in your journey. And I trust that God will do something in these words to lift up your head, if only for a little while. So go ahead and subscribe to us and follow along. Let me encourage you to turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. We'll begin reading from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. This is the reading of the sacred word. May God now add a blessing to the hearing and to the doing of it. Will you pray with me? May these next moments, Lord in which you have our attention. Be the fertile soil in which you you plant the seed of good news in us. I pray that you would remove from the shoulders of all your worshipers in this place and all who are connected with us by by internet, I pray that you would remove from their shoulders any burdens that keep them from hearing you and seeing you and catching a glimpse of their lives transformed by you, Lord. We, we pray these things in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We are now nearing the Thanksgiving season. And as we move toward Thanksgiving, we are beginning a two-part sermon series that begins today. A two-part series entitled Eucharisteo. Eucharisteo. All right, so we're going to put the emphasis on the right syllable when you're talking about it. Eucharisteo. Eucharisteo in Greek is a word that means give thanks. Eucharisteo appears again and again throughout the New Testament, especially the Gospels. These are the word, this is the phrase that is used when Jesus, you know, for example, takes bread and gives thanks. Eucharisteo breaks it and gives it, right? Again and again through the New Testament to describe giving thanks, this word appears, Eucharisteo. But what's fascinating about this word, and I want us to live in it this week and next week especially, 
is that at the core of the word is another Greek word, charis, which means grace, which is related to another root word, kara, which means joy. And just to frame the conversation that I think can be meaningful for us these next two weeks as we move toward thanksgiving is to consider this. At the heart of thanksgiving itself is grace and joy. And what we're going to discover over these two weeks is that thanksgiving is not simply about having an attitude of gratitude. It's not just a simple decision of will. I think I'll be grateful. No, true gratitude only happens when we begin to recognize the grace that has come to us. And when we become aware of the thousand graces that have sustained us these many days, something natural rises up and comes out of us, which is true joy and grateful living, right? And that's where we're going to go these next two weeks. But today, I, 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 I want you to be blessed by a particular entree into this conversation. I believe that we are grateful when we recognize the grace that's come to us, but sometimes I have become most grateful in my life when I have recognized in the story of a sister or a brother, a story of a neighbor, a friend, something that puts in perspective my own story. You and I will have struggles, and we have suffering, and we go through trials, and you may have even walked into this room today heavy burdened by something that you're facing, but I can tell you that when we listen to the stories of one another, our suffering is put in perspective, and something rises up from within us. And I want you to hear the story of one of our brothers. Olu Menje is a member of Johns Creek Baptist Church. A few months ago, he and I went out to breakfast, and over breakfast, we, were, we had no agenda, really. We were just, except eating. That was a number one on the agenda, was eating. We wanted to eat. But in conversation, I heard part of his story, and I said, Olu, I really want you to share part of your journey um, with us. And the Lord arranged uh, the time and place, and here we are. I want you to know who he is, so I want to give him a proper introduction. Olu Q. Menje is a native of Liberia, West Africa. He received his early education at the St. Mary's Catholic School and graduated from uh, a mission school in Sun, Liberia. Upon the bitter experience of the Liberian Civil War, he attended Truett McConnell College in Cleveland, Georgia. You know where that is where he received an AA degree in and was magna cum laude in business and Mercer University uh, in Macon, Georgia, where he received a BA in a double major, religion and sociology. Dr. Minjay has studied and received additional degrees at Duke University in Durham and Boston University in Massachusetts. He has done postgraduate research in contextual missiology with emphasis in African Christianity and education in contemporary African society. And he holds a degree of Doctor of Philosophy from the University of Wales in the United Kingdom and the International Baptist Theological Seminary in Prague, Czech Republic. His dissertation focuses on 19th and 20th century African-American Christian missions contributions on education in Liberia and its contemporary applications. 
Dr. Minjay is the president of the Liberia Baptist Missionary and Education Convention and vice president and chair of the Human Rights Advocacy Commission of the Baptist World Alliance. His term as vice president was from 2010 to 2015, and he was the youngest person to have been named to that position. Dr. Minjay is the son of a Liberian Baptist preacher, is a licensed and ordained minister of the gospel. He served as the assistant to the pastor of administration for a 5,000-member Lewis Chapel Missionary Baptist Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Dr. Minjay returned to Liberia in February of 2005 to serve as chief administrative officer and principal of the Ricks Institute, a common or a community of learning and faith. The campus facilities are located about 15 miles west of, or 15, about 15 miles from Liberia's capital in Monrovia, where, severely, uh, where it was severely looted and vandalized during the Civil War, uh, which started on Christmas Eve, 1989. The campus served as a battleground for the Civil War. Throughout the leadership of Dr. Minjay, Ricks aims to resurrect from the ashes of destruction, looting, bloodshed, and pain and to provide quality education for the Liberian children. Under his leadership, the school offered free primary education from 2006 to 2011. Dr. Minjay is married to Otile Minjay, uh, and they both live in Ricks, uh, uh, at the Ricks Institute uh, in Liberia. Otile, you are here with your family somewhere? There you go. Um, they are members of Johns Creek Baptist and are here when they are able to be in the U.S., and I pray that you will um, offer a warm family welcome to our own Olumenje. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ be with you and my, my sisters and my brothers. It is a delight to be here at the Johns Creek Baptist Church. I'm glad to be here. For the matter of fact, I'm glad to be anywhere, especially when you have life and have it more abundantly. Whenever I travel and people ask me the question, how was your flight? And I look at them so funny. I say it was a good flight. Any flight that lands is a good flight. <laughs> so I'm so delightful to be here this day that the Lord has made. I thank you again to our pastor who is my friend, for giving us this opportunity to come and share our story with you, especially during these difficult days that our world is faced with. I want to thank you so kindly for interrupting your series so that Olu Menje can come and say something about what God is doing. Interruption, interruption is the hallmark of our story. The life we live is filled with interruption. Anywhere you turn, interruption engulfs our life. I don't know about your life, but my life is a life that has embraced interruption. And sometimes those interruptions of life makes it difficult to make sense of your living. I turned to C.S. Lewis, who said once that the truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions that 
precisely wants, are precisely wants real life. The life God is sending one day by day. The reason life can become even more frustrating and dreadful is our unwillingness to accept the interruption of our lives. I come from a place called Liberia, located in West Africa, a very troubled spot for the last 25 years. I never chose to come from Liberia, but God made it possible for me to be in Liberia. My parents are Liberians, and I live in Liberia. I went to school in Liberia. My remarks today are informed by my journeys of interruption. Please allow me to recount some of my interruptions that have shaped my life of doubt and hope, a life of sorrow and joy, a life of thankslessness and gratitude. While living in Liberia, growing up in the Royal Ambassador Program in Northern Liberia, and being nurtured in a Baptist church there, went to grade school and later on went to a boarding school called Swim Mission. Upon graduation in 1989, a civil war broke out. I could not graduate formally from high school because of the war. I had to be separated from my family, not just for a few days, but separated from my family for more than two years, not knowing whether they were alive or dead. It was a dreadful experience an experience that called for survival, survival of the fittest. It was an experience that caused us to see things that were very, very unattractive. For instance, I could remember one time during the rainy season, there was no way out but to cross through a swampy area. And as a teenager, I had a cross to go on the other side. And crossing in that swampy area where the water stopped me almost to my neck, all I could see in the water was floating dead bodies. Can I tell my story? And we crossed that experience, and we decided that life was very hopeless. People were being killed, babies were being killed. And we decided that we were going to hitchhike over 250 miles to the Ivory Coast. And we did. Before crossing the border to the Ivory Coast, which was a peaceful country, a neighboring country, I was taking along with me letters from my friends who were sending letters to their, their relatives across the border. And at the checkpoint, the rebels began to read the letters that we were taking. 
I did not know the content of the letter. All I was doing was being the barrier of the letters. The content of the letter was against those who were mining the borderline. And so my life was then interrupted. And right before my own eyes, someone was being shot. And I was going to be the next person because I was accused of being a person of reconnaissance. While trying to plead my case, the God said that I was going to be killed. And I took off my clothes, being the next person to be executed. Someone interrupted the process and said, what's going on? He said, this guy was taking a letter that was talking against us. And he read the letter and he asked me for my name. I was very, very fearful in case I called my right name, would that escalate my execution? <laughs> or should I call, my, call something else? So I said, you know what? Just tell the truth. And I said, my name is Olu. So what's your last name? I said, Olu Menje. He paused. He said, are you the son of Harrison Menje, the school principal, the Baptist preacher? I was a little bit hesitant again to say yes. <laughs> I never knew that would escalate my execution. So I said, with a deep uh, 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 sad voice and very, very terrible voice, I said, yes. He's, he's, he, he began in awe and said, where is he? I said, I don't know. He said he was a trusted man. He was a good man. He assisted me when I needed to be in school. Put your clothes on. I'm the commander here, and no one will touch you. A good name is better than riches. A trusted man saved my life, my father's name. And as I left, that scene, before, even before leaving the scene, he gave me some money and said, go on, no one will touch you. And as I crossed that borderline, I decided in my heart that I was not returning to Liberia. As a teenager, serving as a refugee, working on the farms of people to survive. I finally got in touch with a former missionary from Georgia by the name of John Mark Carpenter, who said that, listen, you need to find a way to go to, to come to school in the U.S. And that's how I came to the United States. Through the grace extended to me by someone like John Mark Carpenter, who now resides in Gainesville, Georgia, and whose friend was president at the Trot McConnell College, H.M. Fulbright. 
And I came to the United States in January with no clothes, but the clothes on my back. And when I arrived at the Hartsfield Airport, the mission officer asked me the question, where do you have clothes? What is your luggage? And I said, sir, no luggage. And he took out his coat, his jacket, and gave it to me in that cold January morning. And I went to Truth McConnell College. And at Truth McConnell College, I experienced Grace extended to me through people like David Henson, who pastored that first Baptist church in Cleveland, through people like Jerry and Sharon McCullough. She's somewhere here today. She heard I was speaking, and so she drove all the way from Madison to come and hear me. She's here somewhere, right there. <laughs> Open her home, provider. Kind hospitality. Upon my completion from Trude McConnell, I never had where to go to Mercer. And the president of Mercer offered me a scholarship, Kirby Gatsy. And that's how I went to Mercer on a scholarship. With all of the kindness received, all of the goodness extended to me, then how I cannot be grateful. And I have to recant and say that I have to return to serve my people in Liberia. My sisters and my brothers, it was, a wonder, it was a wonderful experience after graduating from Duke and serving in Fairville and deciding to return to Liberia that I too can give back because people have given back to me. What a journey. What a journey. What a journey. There are so many people in our world who may not overcome the negative interruption caused by the likes of civil war, extreme attacks, anthropological poverty, corruptions, illnesses, geographical locations, bad governance, and no health care. But thanks be to God that we are blessed by God's grace. As I stand, I should help others stand. As I enjoy the grace of God, I must be grateful. I should offer grace to others. In the experience in Liberia, I went there prematurely because I inherited a school that no one wanted to go to. It was looted, a school established in 1887 by the Baptist Convention. And we try and try and rebuild the school. And as you know, we were engulfed 
in recent time by the Ebola virus. In August 15, 2014, while preparing to reopen school in Liberia for the year, our plans was interrupted by the widespread of the deadly Ebola virus, making the Liberian government to rightfully shut down all the schools for time indefinite. For nine months, more than 1.7 million students were out of school. Our own work was interrupted, play, placing a setback in the lives of so many people. Even today, we still feel the effect of Ebola. The question is, what do you do when your work is interrupted repeatedly? What do you do when you have, when there is gap in your goal? What do you do when there is delay in your duty? What do you do when there is an impediment in your interests? An arrest in your aspiration. What do you do? Please hear me. What we characterize as the worst days are far so better than the best days experienced by so many people in our world. Let me say that again. What we characterize as your worst days are far better than the best days experienced by so many people of our world. After all, I have come to realize in my own living that an, an uninterrupted life is not worth living. It is within the interruption of our life that we see the intervention of God. So I say to you, from the words of Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path straight. I don't know how I got over. But because of grace extended to me by humble people. Because of the love of God. And because of trust, I am where I find myself. I don't know whether you sing this song in your church. I know you sing it. It says, trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. May we be encouraged by the Christian scripture that reads, who, I mean, who will separate us from the love 
of Christ. Will hardship or distress or persecution or farming or nakedness or peril or sore? For I am convinced, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I strongly believe in that, and because I believe in that, even when life is engulfed with so much unexpected interruption, in that little church in Liberia, we are convinced by saying hallelujah anyhow. I never let my trouble get me down. Whatever problems life may bring, I lift my hands up high and sing hallelujah anyhow. I'm so glad to be here today. After all, I mean after all, after everything I've seen, thank God, I said, thank God, I still, I still, I still have joy. God bless you. Hallelujah anyway, right? Wow. Although you have given us so much to not just consider today, but so much to respond to, to respond to. The uninterrupted life is not worth living, right? That interruption is the place where God provides intervention. I cannot think of a of a more powerful way to express an invitation to the grace of Christ. Because it may be that you came here today and you are so fed up with the interruptions, so overwhelmed, and it's, it's out of your hands, all that is in front of you and all that is on top of you, and your life is just interrupted at one turn after the next. Dr. Olu, Dr. Minjay's words are, are words of grace to us. What if your interruption is the place where God is attempting to intervene in ways you've never imagined? 